how do you stay in the zone? You know, that magic zone, that sense of aligned positivity you get after a rocking breakthrough process. In fact, how do you live a high vibe life? Perpetually positive and zinging with magnetic aliveness, total aligned consciousness, empty mind right in the present moment. Well, I see this question in various forms being asked a lot by awakened growth-seeking beings such as yourself. In fact, I was asked a version of this question just last night on a recorded call. And heads up, the answer may surprise you. But I figured that's even more of a reason to share it with you, which is what I'm doing in this episode. So brace yourself and let's get into it. Hit it, Kim. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast. You're in the right place if you're a growth-seeking being who acknowledges the challenges and delights of your humanity on the path to an ever more conscious life. If you want to feel inspired to love and accept yourself, to feel free to be and express you in all your brilliance, if you want to truly value yourself and others and feel energized and alive both at home and in the world, then sit back and take a breath as you explore and grow the brilliance of your beautiful human self with your host, the father of non-personal awareness and creator of the MPA process, Joel Young. Hello, 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 and welcome to the BA Brilliant Human Podcast with me, Joel Young. We are up to episode number 84, which means there are 83 episodes if you're brand new that you have missed. <laughs> But if you're brand new, welcome. I love, I don't know, how, however you found us or found me or found this show, whichever way you look at that. Um, I'm delighted that you're here. If you're back for more, I love that you're back for more. And I get the privilege of being in your earlugs um, once a week for this podcast and my pontifications on consciousness, being a brilliant human, living a human life with an awakened mind. That's what it's all about here. And it being episode number 84, if you're interested in looking at the show notes, you can always find the show notes by adding slash and then the number of the episode afterwards. So today it would be www.babrilliantheuman.com slash 84 to find the show notes for today. Well, I'm I'm excited. There's lots of things that uh, to talk about today. Um, and I'll be talking today um, or today I'm sharing with you, as I said in the intro, a recorded call. I do um, monthly calls with the MPA community, and it's going to be a community call that I'm sharing. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to be protecting the privacy of the person that's asking the questions. I'll be sort of, I guess, recounting what their question, how they asked their question, and some of their responses as we go through the conversation. Um, now, if you're brand new and you're going, you just said MPA. What does that stand for? It's not the National Pig Association. <laughs> Well, that is that is their acronym. <laughs> MPA stands for Non-Personal Awareness. Um, I'm probably best known as the creator of Non-Personal Awareness and the MPA process. You can actually download it for free. It's a simple six-line process. Helps you to stop take things, taking things personally. And as I do like to say, it's like if you really work with the MPA process, it will shift your life from one, if you're experiencing life like a sticky old frying pan where you shove an egg in, you try and cook it, it gets all mangled up and then you can't clean the thing and it stays with you. If you've got stuff staying with you in life, MPA is a fantastic tool for allowing you to upgrade your life pan 
To a wonderful, shiny new Teflon-coated beauty of a pan where you get a wonderful cooking experience of the stuff of life. And it just slides off um, when it's ready to be, when it's when it's ready to be eaten, digested and done with. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So if you go to the BeABrillantHuman.com website or the main MPA website, which is Joel Young MPA, that's November Papa Alpha, uh, com, you'll find links all over the place where you can download the process sheet for free. Try it yourself. Bring it into your life right away. And if you feel so inclined, and I do recommend it, then you'll be offered to begin our training. We have a series of trainings that get more and more in-depth and, and detailed. Uh, the first one is basic training. You'll be offered that, and I highly recommend it if you if you try it, you like it. It's like, ooh, I want more of this. This feels really good. That's the way to go. Now, on the show today, uh, because I'm talking in the context of MPA, I'll be talking about, I'll be using some language, which if you if you're not if you've not done MPA or been around it already, then you'll be going like, what the heck? So I thought I would explain in advance. One of the words I use is a spew. So to give you some context to that, when I talk about spewing, I'm not literally talking about throwing up, although that is one of the reasons I use that word um, as part of the language we have around MPA and non-personal awareness. So how the process works generally is it starts with a spew, which all I mean by that is an unconscious self-expression. And I use the word spew because I often say, how in control are you of what comes out of your mouth when you do that other spew, which is <laughs> you don't have any control. And in fact, that's very much on point for what we're going to be talking about today um, on this show. So, um, what else do I need to say before we go? Oh, yes, of course, hit that subscribe button. What? I'm forgetting that. You know, get notified of when the next episodes come out. Um, and also, I'm always open and would love to have your feedback. It's great for me to know. I've got a few, I, sh I should have prepared them so I could read them out, but I got some lovely comments this week and, and emails from people who um, really enjoyed last week's show, which is about anger. Um, so, uh, and I'll put that, I'll link that now I've mentioned it. When I mention something, I have to put it in the show notes, right? A previous episode <laughs> that's related. So I'll make sure I link last week's episode uh, in the show notes today. But you can reach out to me. You can find me, uh, go to the website. There's a big, lovely button there that says leave a message. You can leave me a voice message there. Or by social media, if you're on social media. On Facebook, you can come find me uh, if you search for NPA Rocks. You'll find our business page. It was called NPA Rocks because it was originally a fan page. Remember back in the day? Do you remember that long time ago when Facebook started fan pages? And they were actually set up by fans. And the NPA Rocks page is now the official, official business page was set up by um, an actual fan. Um, so that's why it's still called MPA Rocks and I just haven't let that go and I love it. So there we are. So find MPA Rocks and you can leave me a message there. Most of the other social media platforms, you'll find me just at Joel Young MPA. Uh, so things like Instagram and Twitter and those kind of things. Um, and if you're on YouTube you, and you're listening or watching on YouTube, then you know already that the Be A Brilliant Human uh, channel is under youtube.com slash Joel Young, and you can always leave me a comment there. Right, enough of that. Let's dive into this. And um, I said the answer may surprise you, and I'm going to pretty much dive in, but uh, let's set the scene. So here's how this conversation began. So I was asked, how do I stay in the what's here now place for longer? 
the lady went on to say, you know, you know, when you do an MPA process, she said, I'm in a really good space after, really, really good, but I don't stay in that place or in that space. So how can I maintain that space I'm in? Well, here's my answer. The first thing is, um, good luck with staying in that place. And I would, I would, uh, I would drop any effort or idea that you should or that you will ever. Unless you suddenly get that moment of enlightenment, like sort of like point naught 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 one percent of the of the um, planet do, which is usually in a cave <laughs> with no <laughs> other distractions, um, or with a bunch of followers who also take away the distractions. Um, and even then, the ones that have done that, they don't even do that anyway. So that's the truth. So um, yeah, so I would drop it. Just drop drop the whole idea. In fact, dropping the the expectation gets you closer to whatever your idea of it is anyway. Because um, doing doing the process work and you know all of that kind of thing, they're they're moments of sunshine. But as a human being, we have weather. So there's clouds, there's sunshine. We enjoy the sunshine, and it's nice if you're someone who does this kind of thing, because you can invoke generally more sunshine than people who don't know how to um, in moments where it's particularly cloudy. Um, but that, that expectation or that, even that desire to be constantly in that state, it's, it's like, it's I'm going to say a strong word. It's almost inhuman um, because the, the, the the, the humanity is to have the contrast. That's why I talk about rather than, you know, fixing or ridding yourself of your ego or all that kind of stuff, I talk about signals. At the edge, it's always going to get cloudy. It's always going to get tricky. So as a growth-seeking being, you're always going to be hitting that edge. So you're always going to have times when you're not in that super conscious state because you've come to the edge of where you're conscious because you're you, you keep going, you keep walking because you want to expand your freedom more. So, so that completely <clears throat> reverses the idea that if you go into a shitty state, you haven't worked on your stuff. It's bullshit. <laughs> so then she said, well, I'm very good at being in the other state. So I said, aren't we all? You know, it's, it, and it's, again, the other thing that I talk about a lot in MPA that addresses this whole thing is, is it's the, it's about the relationship to it. That's what makes your subjective experience different. That's why I say drop the expectations, but it shifts your relationship to the experience. The experience is up and down. It always will be. <clears throat> it's how you relate to it. So that I like stories because they're all stories. <laughs> I like stories that help me relate better to those times. And because I notice that generally makes them less encumbered, less, um, there's less suffering. I used to talk a lot about one of the things is about eradicating unnecessary suffering, which I think you, at least it's a good aspiration because there's a difference between the natural suffering of life, which is at the edge, you kind of suffer, but then there's unnatural suffering, which is the stuff we put on top because we choose 
shitty stories. But even that, you've got to go at some point, I'm going to choose a really crap story for a while <laughs> until I get it, you know. So hopefully that answers your question. So how do you how do you stay in the magic zone? You don't. But the best you can do is to go, oh, that's not a surprise. And it's okay. And the magic zone will come back soon. And in the meantime, what's my story about this not magic zone? I think I'll find a better one. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just a bit better is good. So then she said that, you know, while I was talking, she had a brainwave, which she put as, you know, whatever state you're in, you know, you've just got to be there and accept it. And she thought that when, when she said it, she said it was so simple when she said it. And then she described how she'd sort of been having an issue with overeating and then judging herself and then wanting to be in that magic zone, in that what's here now, the simplicity of that state. So she went on and said, you know, so if you're overeating like mad, you're like, right, I'm just overeating like mad at the moment. <laughs> and if you're in that MPA place, it's, oh, here I am in the MPA place. And then she said, and she raised this topic, which is really relevant, said, so you've got to be a witness in a way, which got me onto the topic, which is so relevant to this whole conversation, which is talking about the witness. In a sense, the, one of the essences, especially early on with MPA, was it was like waking up the witness, but then you become the witness. But that witness thing is the non-personal perspective. You know, you are not personal. <laughs> you know, there's just... It's just a, this, this sort of happening. I the very early days, like sort of, it was after we came back from India on that first Yatra, and I'd had that thing in the cave. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> Yatras, that thing in the cave. Uh, okay, so that was a contextual thing. I thought I'd better give you the backstory of what the heck I'm talking about, because if you haven't been around MPA, you may not have heard this story, and you might be scratching your head and going, oh, what's he talking about? So this goes back to what I like to think of as the conception of MPA. I talk a lot about the birth of MPA and how that happened in a coffee shop in 2007, where it just popped out of me. Uh, but the conception of it, where the, the, the non-personal awareness, the consciousness, I think, was born with me, did happen um, a couple of years before that. In, um, and I was on a trip, a yatra, which is like a spiritual pilgrimage. We were going through different sites in India. Um, I was very much in, in my kind of uber spiritual um, guru mode at the time. <laughs> but we went to a particular cave in, um, in Arunachala in southern India, which is famous for one of the Indian saints called Sri Ramana Maharishi, um, who's famous for his question, all gurus have a question of, um, who are you? Um, and I'd heard that he'd sat in this cave for um like 10 years and and being pretty inactive he needed to be fed but he was in this space and and i remember going into that cave thinking hmm i like meditation <laughs> i've i've sat for a great length of time in meditation but 10 years how the heck does that happen the thing about asking a question like that especially in a very um energetically charged environment like that cave is um, is I kind of got my answer because what happened was I, I sat in that cave, assumed the meditative position, and it was like suddenly I was gone and then suddenly reappeared and then two hours had gone by. It was just like a gap. And 
I came out of that and I knew I was in there for two hours because there was other people that were with us on that trip. And I asked them and went, oh, that just what happened there? Um, and and what that did really is it, it, it shifted my understanding of what I'd experienced previously, both in meditations, in processes, in which was very high states of awareness where you could say things are boundless. Um, that really is like totally in the zone space of of being in this boundless. But the thing is, in those places, there was a me, um, even though it was kind of being promoted in the circles I was in as being that's the source, um, that's who you really are, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was always, I realized coming out of that cave that on those experiences, there was a, a someone witnessing the something, something happening. Whereas that what had happened in that cave was, um, there was nobody, <laughs> non-personal. There was nobody there. It was literally a gap. And it's not like that, that what, what I realized coming out of it is something had changed. You know, that, that thing in the Matrix films where something shifted in the Matrix. Um, it was like that kind of experience, but I didn't understand what it was at the time. But coming as MPA came along, and I said that was a conception, it sort of um, it was, it was, I was pregnant with it <laughs> for a couple of years. And then eventually it popped out in the form of non-personal awareness and the MPA process. I began to understand, um, how it recontextualized, um, a lot of the in quotes goals of spirituality that I'd been living and experiencing and even teaching at the time. Um, and it really spurned on many of the um, the non-personal philosophies that I live and breathe and teach today. So that's what I'm talking about <laughs> with the cave and the yatra. Okay, back into it. It was after we came back from India on that first yatra. I'd had that thing in the cave and then, you know, was, was doing a lot of that stuff and MPA came along and I sort of lived very much in the third person for quite a while. And it was an interesting not not like it wasn't like a I'm going to be a dickhead and just live in the third person. It was it was MPA just just showing me that I wasn't personal, which was kind of cool for a while. But it's it but the the, the point of that is that that was like the witness showing itself to me. And then I had a phase of um, being really unedited, like and I split up my ex wife, and it was pretty gnarly. And rather than try and cap all of my, you know, edit through the spiritual um, dogma, basically, I just let myself be really unconscious, but the witness was there. What I noticed was um, through the awareness of the witness, it just kind of burned itself out. I got to see who I really was, not the spiritual really was, but who I really was in relation to what was happening. And it kind of burned itself out. There's a wonderful story. I don't know if you've, any of you have got the book, Women Who Run With The Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. There's Vasilisa's story in there. It's frigging genius for this. But the bit in there that it talks about, so this, it's basically the Cinderella story, but the sort of ancient Russian version. And Vasilisa is like the ugly sister and her sisters send her out, basically put the fire out in the house send her out in the woods, knowing she'll get killed by the Baba Yaga. She goes through a bunch of things, a bunch of trials, goes to the Baba Yaga, comes out alive, and, and the Baba Yaga gives her a skull with fire in it. There's two things I love in this story. As she carries it back towards the house, it gets really heavy, like she really wants to put it down, which is 
symbolic of um, the burden of true seeing. <laughs> it's not, it's a bit ugly, it's not easy. But she had that ability to see things for what they were. And she'd come from a place of being very sort of, um, she had the, what they called the too good mother. She, she was like an innocent, rosy tinted view of the world. Um, so she comes back to the house, the ugly sisters, who haven't been able to re-up the fire and are kind of desperate for the fire. And there's a, there's a sort of a bit in that story where it says um, they talked through the night and, and the sisters were like, oh, we're so happy to see you, even though they wanted her dead. And it says the skull just watches and watches and watches. And in the morning, where the mother and the two ugly sisters were, there were just three piles of ash. So she didn't, she didn't touch their spew. This is where the touch the don't touch the spew comes from. Through the, the the alive witness, which is the skull with the fire, they just became irrelevant. They just she she just they became the dust that they were. So and in a way, the spew is informed by that. Don't touch the spew. Be unedited. Just witness what comes out of your mouth, even if it's ugly. <laughs> and just let it let it come. And in that space, the spew sometimes can be very powerful, even before you do the process. Sometimes the process can be the, you know, the icing on the cake. But getting into that space where you just, but I know I got to this. Oh yeah, because it's like witnessing. So in that period, after I broke up, I was doing that. I was letting it. I wasn't trying to be. There's a lesson in it for the first time in a long time. Because I was carrying a lot of a lot of spiritual dogma with me then, was really experiencing the power of being unself-conscious in your expression when the witness is alive, and that that was very informative about one of the essences of non-personal awareness is just letting letting it run, um, and that witness is a powerful thing. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, I hope you found that intriguing, interesting, maybe invited you to delve a bit deeper. That unexpected answer basically being, you know, drop the idea that that's going to happen, that you're going to stay permanently in one place. Remember that at our edges, that's where we always find ourselves going a little less unconscious. That doesn't mean that you've not done your work. It just means that you're human. This is, after all, the Be A Brilliant Human podcast. <laughs> And also, rather than trying to, to strive this impossible task of maintaining that, that state, um, I'm not saying that you can't live in a wonderful state, but also that one of the best ways I know how to sort of to work in the most magically human way is to allow yourself just to be who you are, but invoke that witness. The witness will do a lot of the work for you, just letting you... Um, see the truth of what you are because we do pull the wool over our eyes we do kid ourselves in fact there is a good episode which i must remember to put in the notes um about you know dropping the mask and dropping the the facade of things that we often sell ourselves and then live like no one else can see it <laughs> but when you go into that unself-conscious willingness to express yourself willing just to be to allow what's coming through to come through and just watch it with some consciousness in the background. Um, it really amazing magic can happen, um, which is a very non-personal thing. And um, it's something which, 
we're going to go really deep into uh, very soon as we, we go into launching, which I'm going to be doing um, at the end of this week. I'm going to be launching MPA Mastery, which is our certified practitioners training um, with MPA. Um, so if you're any kind of change worker, well-being facilitator, um, whether you work already with modalities, whether it's, um, I don't know, reflexology, the journey method, NLP, coaching, um, all those different wonderful things. Uh, the MPA Master Certified Training is is something which can not only teach you to work and if you want to bring MPA to the forefront of your practice, fantastic, um, but also whatever modalities you're using, it really goes deep into, um, into how the non-personal perspective can firstly mean that you're working with discovering how you can get yourself out of the way, getting out of your own way um, in your own practice and with your clients. And that is fantastic because what that does is it means that you reduce and or, or can completely eradicate, in fact, the resistant experiences that you may have with your clients. It means that you have more energy because you're not getting caught up in those resistances. Your clients have an amazing experience because they can feel the sense of flow and they don't have that energetic disruption of the of the resistance. So really over the six month program, which will be kicking off in in June, and I say I'll be launching it later this week, um, then it's it's something which I want people to go through this and come out really being in the top one to four percent of facilitators. Now that may seem like a wild promise, but I know this is the key ingredient. This is what makes the difference. And over those six months, yes, you'll learn and increase your skill sets with MPA. You will go very deep into the, the mechanisms of it. The stuff we've been talking about today, getting into the witness, getting into what the non-personal really means um, is part of that process. And we'll be workshopping the heck <laughs> out of how you facilitate people to look at where you bring in all of those agendas and dogmas and those kind of things that are the very thing that cause the resistance and stuff like that as well. So if you go to the mpaacademy.com slash mastery, you can find details there. Depending on when you do that, if you do that, if you're listening like on the day this podcast goes out, which is what today, I think it's the 11th of today. Uh, what is it today? Yes, it's the 11th of May. <laughs> so I'm recording this and it's going out. Um, then it may be a few days before it gets there. But whatever state it's at, and of course, if you're listening to this a year down the line or six months down the line or three months down the line, and we already have started, just go to that that same URL, theMPAacademy.com slash mastery, and it will let you know where we're at. Either it will be asking you to sign up for notifications when we're next launching, will be an early launch, in which case you can sign up um, ahead of time, or will be close like we are now, close to the off, um, but you can still get in. And if you want to talk to me about this, just reach out. Send me an email, joel at nonpersonalawareness.com. Get in touch via social media. I'm more than willing to have a chat with you if you're thinking I would love to come on to MPA Mastery, um, but I want to have a chat with you first, Joel, and find out if it's right for me, um, if it's the right investment, it, you know, all those kind of wonderful questions. I'm very willing to have a conversation with you um, if you're seriously considering coming on MPA Mastery. Right, that's it for today. Um, make sure if you've enjoyed this episode, let somebody know about it. There's no better way to help me out than to tell someone that you know 
what a fantastic podcast this is and they should jolly well go on their podcast app or Spotify or YouTube um, or via the website www.beabrillianthuman.com and check out this wonderful episode and all 83 episodes before, by the way. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. I'd love you for that. And hit subscribe if you haven't already. Right, that's it. We're done. Um, have a fantastic week. Big hugs. I'll see you next time. And all that remains is to cue the move.